Okay, hello everybody and welcome to an episode of HR Nightmares. I'm Lisa Leith. I'm Amy Conway. And we have a special guest who just so happened to be one of our favorite clients. His name's Creighton Hayworth and he's a financial advisor. Um, but first, just to kind of do a, like a brief little intro and then I'll let you kind of take people through the journey of how you got to the seat that you're in right now. Um, Creighton, I love all the smart people that we get on this podcast. Yeah. Like I was looking at Creighton's um, LinkedIn profile and I was like, oh my God, this guy graduated magna cum laude with a business degree from Not college. Surprising. I mean... That doesn't suck. So uh, congratulations for that. Many years later, I'm a little late to the game there. That's but right. um, he spent uh, many years in the contract research organization business, pharmaceuticals, working for a couple different companies, big ones like PPD, now Thermo Fisher, Asinios Health, um, and then made the transition into financial advising. So from like a career pathing perspective, we're always kind of like, we love having fun talking about how people got to the seat that they're in. And that's kind of an interesting transition. So um, why don't you introduce, introduce yourself to, um, we loved working with you. I don't know, Amy, if you want to like throw yeah. in there, I mean, how much I we love working with Creighton and appreciating yeah, him. Yeah, favorite. Oh, I probably shouldn't say favorite <laughs> client. If my other clients are listening, <laughs> I love nightmares. you. You're the favorite. It's your nightmares. But yeah, no, I had the opportunity to work with Creighton and Steve at Carolina Capital Advisors for the last probably four or five months, and yeah. they were just a delight. So super small, little intimate team, but everyone is really great. They were really open to having me there and taking my feedback and putting some good processes into place and getting all up to date on their people stuff and their HR guidelines. And yeah, I just stopped working there last week. We were all said and done, and it's kind of sad. I guess well, I, now we have you here. They were the best. I'll have to find a new project. <laughs> Please. So I can bring you all on. Yeah. But, but it was good. No, but thank you for the uh, introduction. Uh, so, <clears throat> kind of funny you mentioned all that stuff. Uh, you know, I got into financial advising about four years ago. Uh, before that, I was in the CRO industry, like you mentioned, and, you know, had been on both the um, internal sales side as well as the finance side and kind of got to this uh, this point where I said, okay, what am I really going to do here? You know, I was 27, 26, and... You know, do I really want to be in an airplane jetting around, you know, on the BD side, or do I really want to go after something that I really have a passion for, or so I thought, and I do, which is financial advising. Uh, just so it works out, too, that um, my father-in-law was a financial advisor as well, so, you know, I've always kind of had that, you know, experience around him, hearing him, what he, you know, has always, you know, sh shared and talked about. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a natural progression there, uh, you know, to get in that. But so, like I said, four years, been down in here in Wilmington the whole time, you know, with that. Um, you know, we do have an office here in Wilmington and in Rocky Mount, which is, for those of you who don't know, that's about <clears throat> two hours away, about 45 minutes. Yeah, east of Raleigh. Um, so there's three advisors on our team, myself, Steve, who's my father-in-law, and then uh, John, Steve Felton, Jonathan Colston. And between the three of us, we've got about, I was thinking about that on the way over here, about 68 years worth of financial planning yeah, experience. Incredible. So, uh, you know, we've, we've seen a thing or two like the farmer's insurance uh, commercials joke about, <laughs> right? So, uh, so you know, obviously interesting times right now with the markets yeah. and, you know, things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, people obviously are, you know, concerned about retirement goals and those types of things, whether you're still working or, you know, if you're retired, you know, those things kind of, you know, pop up. But uh, um, so, yeah, you know, it's been a, been a delight so far. And, you know, always, you know, willing to work with, you know, whoever, regardless of the stage they're at, you know, whether you're, you know, retired and, you know, already living the dream or you're you're trying to get there, right? There's always something to strive for and improve upon. And, you know, I feel that our team certainly, uh, you know, provides that 
you know, white glove service that, that others do not. And that's what makes us unique at Carolina Capital Advisors, um, you know, versus a lot of other, you know, firms that are out there just mm-hmm. in terms of our service offering being both on the comprehensive planning side, but also with the, you know, investment, you know, tailored piece as well, um, you know, that, that we, you know, put together in that case. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, obviously, I sat in the office a couple times a month and would just listen to what was happening. And it was always incredible to me just how rooted in the relationships that you and Steve really are. And even though I wasn't, you know, sitting there listening to the conversations, you know, but it was very clear the minute you got on the phone with customers, there was a real like ease that, that almost you're part of their family because you look at them in such a holistic view and um, so I think it'd be really interesting to our listeners about the approach you kind of take of making sure you really get to know the client and their full scope of all the areas of their life, not just wealth management. Right. Well, it's kind of like how y'all work with your clients, right, in a, in a full service capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, you may, you know, engage in some type of audit at first to really kind of better understand, you know, what is the business, right? What do they have? What are they lacking? You know, what are, what are their objectives here? Um you know, and then from there, obviously, you know, tailoring a plan, you know, for their specific needs, right? And then obviously over the coming, you know, weeks, months, years, you know, however long it is, um, you know, working along alongside them, you know, and, and the same as, you know, with our business in that case, uh, particularly for those who are on the comprehensive planning side. And when I say comprehensive planning, I mean, those are clients who, you know, come to us to basically, you know, provide direction on all, spa- all uh, aspects financial, you know, for, for their life, not just Are these management. always like rich people or? What? No, I mean, okay. I have, uh, I mean, you know, we have, you know, you know, very affluent clients all the way down to, you know, someone in their early 20s who's just starting out. I mean, actually, I, you know, I have an individual I work with, his parents are clients, but he himself just, uh, you know, gradu- graduated with a uh, master's degree in biotech from NC State. And is you know just you know landed his first uh, you know job with the pharma company you know in Raleigh. So you know I kind of helped him just in terms of you know how to how to properly set a budget and then you know expectations around uh, you know the uh, negotiation process with jobs and particularly salaries and you know the types of you know benefits that he might receive you know and and, and from there and you know really obviously trying to develop a long term relationship with him as well because he has a very long runway you know yeah. from from that standpoint so you know it obviously takes all shapes and sizes to be you know to put together a a, a good blend of clientele because obviously you know the idea is they're certainly going to be with you when they'll grow older but it's obviously important to backfill that too with the you know with the younger generation mm-hmm. and that's the you know the, the challenge now is to uh you know tailor uh, and be attractive to that younger generation out there because so much of everything, as you two know, is self-service, yeah. right? You can go online and set up a Fidelity account in 10 minutes, right? Fidelity is a good company, don't get me wrong. Vanguard's a good company, don't get me wrong. But, you know, there are just certain aspects uh, to your life uh, that I feel that you need that personalized touch that a computer, right, just isn't going to provide. Right. From a research perspective, that might be adequate, but there comes a point in time where, you know, everything is not linear, right? There, there, you know, you may zigzag, you know, back and forth across the path. You may have multiple goals that you're trying to achieve at the same time, and that's where, you know, it takes a, you know, a tailored approach to, to get to where you want to go. And everybody's different for that yeah. matter. Just because yeah. you're the same age and the same job doesn't mean that you've got the same the same end goal, right? Yeah. Well, I can imagine with anything, it's like you can get yourself so far, 
but then you actually need some expertise and some people who know a little bit more the than numbers you get know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, as you and this guy's going to make you more money than you can make yourself by working with a robot. Right. So. I'd like to think. Uh, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> the, goal. the numbers get bigger. I mean, at first, people are always like, "Oh, I can do this," and and you you, you certainly can try, right? I'm not I'm not against you. You know, giving it giving it uh, your best shot. And a, a lot of people during the pandemic certainly had a lot more time on their hands and got into investing. You know, for the first time, and you know, we certainly the, the market uh, conditions were very favorable. So. You know, it, it seemed like everybody knew what they were doing, but you get into a, a state like we're in now, uh, and it does separate, you know, the uh, the pros versus the Joes uh, mm-hmm. in that case. And particularly, too, when, you know, for everybody is different, but at some point you reach a, a point, uh, whether it's your net worth or your investment portfolio, whatever it is, the numbers get to a certain size, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, you know, right. managing this. I, I need I need some professional uh, insight. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've had clients come to me and, and, and say that. They're like, yeah, I didn't mind doing this at first. You know, I was in my 20s and early 30s and, you know, the, my portfolio was X. But, you know, I've been at this now for, for 20, 25 years. And, you know, obviously I've got, you know, fewer fewer years less to, to work than, than the other. And so I want to make sure that what I've, you know, worked for and saved for, you know, I, I maximize that. Right, right. right. It You're getting the most out of it. So, uh, Especially know. in a market like this, like people, if you're close to retirement, the last thing you want to do is like lose half of your account <clears> because you left it in aggressive funds or whatever. So you need like a real pro to tell you what to do. I have a question for you. Um, so over the last, I don't know, what, like 10 years or so, I would say HR professionals and HR functions have been advocating that companies um, have like a social responsibility to encourage their employees to invest in their retirement. Um, I personally think that's the right thing to do, like whether or not whether or not you can afford to have like a 401k um, account and match at your company. But a lot of our clients are smaller businesses and, and just aren't ready for that. Like, how do you feel about like what are your feelings and yours, too, about companies having some responsibility to encourage their folks to invest in their retirement? And um, like, what, what are your thoughts there? On companies making that taking well, that I think on as from the perspective of employee retention, it's an, it's important. You look at right now with you know um, the unemployment rate is a record low, if not near a you, mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, you know record low, you know three three and a half you know percent at least here regionally. So you know there's a lot of competition out there, right, for that for that same that same you know body, um, and so you know obviously making sure that you maximize whatever benefits you're offering them, you know, is certainly going to be very important in making sure that you, you know, you retain those, you know, that individual or or individuals. And particularly for small businesses, we know, um, you know, that person becomes much more valuable, right? Because the onboarding process is, you know, much more. So I do feel that it's important, certainly for um, the company of any size to have some type of um, you know, retirement planning strategy for their employees, you know, certainly, you know, assuming they can afford so financially. But I think the thing that people, uh, you know, don't know, forget is that, you know, we all just think of retirement plans as 401ks, right? Well, that's that's just one type mm-hmm. of, you know, retirement plan. And that's, that's predominantly for, you know, larger corporations, mm-hmm. right? There are other things such as SIPs and SIMPLES and individual Ks, you obviously can go down to the individual level and have an IRA or a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, list goes on and on. You know, there are a lot of different options out there that have different costs and features, you know, that are designed for the size of your business, 
right. Um, Can I cut a check to my employees and just say, hey, put this in retirement? Like, hey, we did pretty good this year, and at the end of the year, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give everybody – 10000 bucks to put in their retirement yeah. account. Like can a I profit do that? sharing. Yeah, could I do that? If you had it set up that way, it depends on the type of the plan that you'd have, you know, set up. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, you know, when you first, you know, set up, you know, Length HR, right, you probably were, it was probably just you, I would imagine, right? So, you might have had, had a SEP IRA, mm -hmm. okay? And then at some point, you know, depending upon, you know, how everybody's employed, I know you're independent, but let's say that, you know, you were actually drawing a, a salary, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as well as the others on your, on your team, then that's where you might start looking at whether do I need a simple, do I need a, four, a 401k, which you could set up, right? You know, in that case, the other thing too you have to think about from a financial perspective is, one, yourself as the owner, right? You know, what are you making, right? Which of these plans is going to allow you to maximize your contribution for that year? And then two, for the employees, right? How much are you uh, willing and wanting to to contribute to them as well because there's some plans depending upon how they're set up you might have more of an obligation to contribute to the employee versus you know another type mm. of plan where it might be more you know restricted you know from that from that sense as well so um, you know I always say that it's kind of it's a, it's a dual act between a tax advisor and a, and a you know a financial planner to find the right you know the right fit for yourself mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I would say that there is a plan out there for any type of business that I feel, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of educating yourself. And those are – there are resources out there, but the reality is most people don't know what to look for. Yeah. Right? So what good is it to you if it's out there on Google, right? That's where you need somebody to help walk you, you know, through that stage. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's something that I still continue <clears throat> to see that I think – and you can correct me, Creighton, on some of this um, – companies not opening up their plans so that employees can contribute on day one. Like they've got oh my the plan that does seem set like an up, HR nightmare. but then they still don't let employees even contribute, even themselves. So it's like, of course, on day one, maybe you're not going to get the match. Maybe you got to work there right. a year and a certain amount of hours in order to get any kind of matching system. But I still see companies that don't even allow contribution until month six, you right. know, and it's like, why? Are we really encouraging our employees, you know, to, or even waiting for benefits? the match is a little, I mean, you could have a, you could have <clears throat> cliff vesting, right? You don't get any of this right. match until right. you're here for three years or something. That's totally cool. Um, but not being able to contribute. Yeah. Ooh, whoa. Um, and then getting the match soon in this tight talent market, like that would be a great recruiting tool from a total comp standpoint. Right. 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 I mean, I, I <clears throat> guess there's not a reason for that. Like, is there, it's I just mean, the employer's preference okay. in that case yeah i mean it's just a matter of you know what they're willing to offer i mean the one thing i'd say that might be a setback is just the fact that you know once you have access to an employer uh, you know retirement plan uh is that you know your ability to contribute to an ira or roth ira becomes limited in a sense okay mm -hmm. so let's say that you may not have that time in which they're allowing you to contribute that might have an impact even though you weren't doing so you still had access yeah. Know, to it. Yeah. So there's there's some pitfalls, you know, you know, to that. But I mean, I I am certainly an advocate to, to all clients. If if the employer is going to match, right, at least contribute up to the limit in which you would receive 
that full match from your employer because that's oh for sure otherwise you're leaving money. money on the table it's free yeah. money right i, mean, I used that's to kind tell of people a, that in my old company all the time we matched up but to you know, four percent i'm like don't contribute there, to contribute there's at least a lot of people four, out there right who now. don't do that yeah i mean uh, uh, several i mean you would be you'd be shocked honestly um i remember being a 22 year old in new york uh, working at the law firm and um, playing with my contributions because it's pre-tax dollars and like sometimes right. you can contribute more and your take-home pay is actually pretty similar like mm-hmm. um, so you can play around with it and you actually your take-home doesn't get impacted a whole lot if it's like a percentage or two a percentage yeah I mean in most places have it set up where each year it'll just automatically increase a percentage right, right? yeah so. I used to do that like I used to just every year I upped it one percent automatically my and, dad well, told me to. In the ga- I mean, <laughs> and for 401k, I mean, you've got up to now the limit's $20,500 an employee can yeah. contribute. And that's, you know, for most indivi- individuals, that's, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of money, people. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely contributing to, to get the match is, is certainly, you know, yeah. is always a great first step. If you're not doing anything, at least do that. But, um, but going back to the point about, you know, the business plans for, you know, for the various, you know, types of businesses out there. I mean, the IRS has it set up so that there is, I feel, something for everybody, right? Yeah, From that's good to know. the mid-sized yeah. company to the, you know, individual practitioner to the, to the yeah. large corporation. Um, you know, and, and they all have different fees associated with it as well. And that's something to, uh, to consider. You know, you might be on the cusp of you know, thinking about the contribution you might be willing to make, but also, too, you have to think about what are the fees associated with just simply maintaining that that plan as well. Mm-hmm. It might be such that, you know, a particular route may not be as favorable. Generally speaking, 401Ks, individual Ks are, are more expensive than simples and SEPs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, those are yeah. really just kind of basic, you know, savings plans, you know, if you will. But they all, though, you know, are, are pre-tax dollars, right, from, the, from you know, the, the uh, employee's perspective. So they're certainly helpful, you know, there and in that sense, too. So this podcast and YouTube channel is called HR Nightmares. So, of course, we like hearing about what do people need to do, like, to avoid an HR nightmare <coughs> in their workplace. And so if you think about just small businesses, what's, like, a top nightmare that you see that you if you could toss a warning out there to folks like hey if you're doing this stop or maybe consider doing this so you don't get yourself in trouble or let's talk about small business nightmare small business nightmares let's see here i'm trying to think uh put me on the spot here Uh, (laughs) i mean i knew what i was signing up for but uh (laughs) (laughs) we're staring at you hello um I mean, it probably from, from my perspective, right? It probably would just be from the, the point of view of of not helping their employees with just you know the benefits planning, right? You know? I mean, I mean, I'd be amazed at the people who just who just you know sometimes a, a small business, right? Who come in and say, I don't know, my employer just said we've got a retirement plan. Yeah. Good luck, you know. And they bring in the paperwork, and they don't. They have no idea, and they're not at a, a company large enough where they may have access to something like, you know, Fidelity or T. Mm-hmm, Rowe Price that have mm-hmm. a more interactive, you know, platform, um, you know, in, in, in that sense. But um, I think the other thing, too, is um, from an employer perspective, and this is getting away from, you know, retirement plans, but more so like stock options. Um, that obviously has become a very hot topic, um, you know, as of late. You certainly have a lot lot more companies going private nowadays mm-hmm. um, it's kind of cooled off here recently but for a while there you had, yeah. you had several and so you know part of the way in which people are compensated in those cases is you know you, you're you know gifted shares or given shares mm-hmm. and depending upon how things work right you know you become very wealthy overnight 
uh, in that case. But, you know, in my experience, particularly some of these, uh, these startups, which many of them are, there's very little education, you know, with these, yeah. you know, f- for the employees in terms yeah. of what yeah. happens. I mean, you know, for instance, uh, you know, I've got a close friend who <clears throat> had a very successful run, um, you know, with, with a fintech. They went public, and oh, uh, yeah, they you all know, lost. They all lost their money. Well, well in her case, she weren't be, able to get she, capital. Well, she well, she did very well as a result, but it's all on paper. But no, yeah. one, no one explained. You know, gave her a training in terms of also what was the tax ramifications from this right. as well, and it was very substantial. Yeah. Right? They just were like, "Hey, it's a good thing you got some stock option, guys. You're going to get really rich if this works." Yeah. The downside is that there's also a tax liability with this mm-hmm. as well, and no one was there to, you know, yeah. walk, walk or, you know, walk them through in that case. I agree. You know, it's <clears> funny <throat> you say that because, like, so I was an HR person, but by no means in my huge corporation was I expected to be the expert on, like, every sure. single benefit <clears throat> we had. And, you know, we had teams of, in those different areas of specialty. But I remember when I was leaving with all the options, I finally went back and I was like, well, you know what's interesting? Because the way our our shares were given to us, like we got taxed on them in includable earnings every mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. then I lost all those vested shares once I left because they weren't so vested you just paid yet. taxes. So I paid taxes on <laughs> oh, all these God. shares that I never end up getting money from. And you can only claim back tax. I mean, literally when I did my tax, it wasn't even worth it to ask for the recoup because you, I mean, it was like, well more in taxes and like every year there's like a limit of like three thousand dollars that you can claim i'm like it would take me 10 huh. years to recoup all of it well that's a you know yeah, that's th- a that's really good, good and i think so about- it's stuff like that that is an hr nightmare that we don't explain yeah. and i knew a lot but i didn't more know. than the average person i knew more than the option. average person yeah. and i our comp team our benefits team i mean i went back and forth with them i'm like i think you guys are wrong on this like you know, like the way they were explaining it happened. I'm like, I'm I'm concerned we're explaining this to people incorrectly. Well, it's the education. And that's, yeah. the, that's in, with our office, you know, our practice, that's what we pride ourselves on is the educational mm-hmm. piece, right? Because it's saving money, right, if you have, you know, good habits can be simple, okay? But there's also other things you have to think about, such as what's the tax ramifications in this? And in most cases with employers, you know, they say, well, here's your retirement plan, right? We're going to help you save for retirement. Well, that's wonderful, right? But there's something else called taxes that we have to think about one day, Mm -hmm. okay? You know, you're putting all this money in pre-tax and, and, you know, with the thought that it's, you know, growing compounded over time, tax deferred. But, you know, at some point you're going to take that out for income or Uncle Sam's going to tell you that it's 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 time time to go. Yeah, uh, pay me. You've held on to it long enough and, I you know, I need some, I need some money here. Um and, and that can be dependent upon your situation, um, might not be a, a favorable, um, you know, tax liability in, in that case. Not mm-hmm. that anyone ever wants to pay taxes, but sometimes it can certainly be a larger number than, than you were hoping to, you know, write off in that case. So, you know, from our perspective, that's something that, you know, we really, you know, pride ourselves on is having that, you know, professional alliance, you know, with CPAs to you know, help our clients from that perspective as well, you know, managing their, you know, their portfolio, particularly as they, you know, grow older, right, and, um, you know, are tapping into retirement dollars and, you know, certainly having to consider what are the, you know, the tax liabilities there, are they gifting, right, because there's there's certain benefits to that too from a tax perspective, so there's a lot of different angles to it, <clears throat> uh, you know, versus just that straight line approach where, 
uh, you look at your retirement tracker through your, uh, you know, employer plan and it shows you, okay, you know, you're 50% of the way mm-hmm. there. Okay, great. But there's a whole nother yeah, it didn't take book into to be written those things. Uh, on the back end about these things that they don't, you know, necessarily educate you on. And there might be, you know, some, some companies at least take a, a, a proactive step to try and have some type of you know, financial planner, financial consultant, right, that you can, you know, you can, you know, work with, but that's not a um, a requirement. It's not, not a guarantee either that they're going to, you know, address all these, all mm-hmm, the points that mm-hmm. you, that you need. They're just going to be probably more or less focused on what's here and now, you know, yeah. the present in that case. I have a question. Like, I, I think, you know, I, myself and a lot of friends I think back to like 10 years ago and always living under this kind of assumption of things you might think that are true but aren't is that you had to have a certain amount of money in your portfolio before you could even go find someone like you or they wouldn't work with you so like is there you know what's the general guidance even if you don't give us yours on like is there a minimum or do you encourage people like hey like you're a new person from NC State like right away let let us help you because I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, I can't afford a financial right. advisor. I don't even have enough. I only have 50000 I need to get to six figures in my 401k before it would be worth it. Um, yeah. So just what's Great your question. general guidance? It's a good question. I get that a lot. Um, have gotten that a couple of times within the past week. Uh, and, and frankly, um, there is no you know set limit per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my perspective, or at least with the Mirror Prize, which is you know whom we're with as a you know a financial practice, um, there's really three ways you can work with us uh, with advisors. That is, it can be at a comprehensive planning uh, level. So again, looking at your your full you know financial state could just be from an you know and then there's two investment management <clears throat> ways to work with you as I'll, as I'll describe it uh, without going into too much of the weeds there, um, but. You know, like the, like the uh, you know young gentleman I was telling you about who just graduated from NC State, he's a comprehensive planning client. Now, granted, he's on the lower end, and that's part of how we have it set up is that we have various tiers, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, because obviously you're you know someone who's at that stage versus someone who's seventy five and, and is very affluent. They've got uh, there's a lot of differences there, right? But they both recognize they need comprehensive planning. It's just the comprehensive planning looks different right right? there's there's less elements that we we have to tackle you know in that sense there are some companies out there yes that have a a minimum per se Mm -hmm. right Uh, at least from from an investment standpoint okay uh from a comprehensive planning point of view there's there's no minimum right at least in terms of how we have it you know set up so ours is with comprehensive planning it's a it's a set annual fee that you pay Right. It's not like a asset based fee or advisor based fee. We have those types of programs, right? Mm-hmm. Where you might charge, you know, one percent on monies that are in that portfolio. That's more of a that is an investment driven solution and where you're just simply providing advice on that, that portfolio itself, but with the comprehensive planning, depending upon the number of touches throughout the year, the number of topics we're gonna address and just the complexity of your situation. That dictates the you know the fee structure hmm. in some way similar similar to how y'all's business is set up right in terms but of. But do I have to your... cut you a check if I'm a if I'm a 22 year old <clears throat> coming out of NC State? I'm doing comprehensive planning, like, or do you just take that out of my account? Uh, it, if you have an account, we can do it like that. Yeah. Right. If if you want to. That's nice it, for people. I mean, because in that case, it's uh, well, part of the way we look at it is okay. We like to think we're earning our keep by you know you're earning money, mm-hmm. right, and so 
you know, you pay us for our services, right? So you right. Know, part of the gains that you might have. Well, it's an incentive for you to make me more money. Right. Well, you're getting a percentage like, so of the money. It doesn't feel like a spend <laughs> as much as the, yeah. like, they're getting me stuff. And part of that is then, you know, they get this. Well, that's feedback. partly, too, how the, how the industry has gravitated. Uh, over time, you know, it used to be, you know, you think about these movies in the 80s where guys are just, you know, throwing stocks out <laughs> and, you know, making a ton of money on just, you know, garbage picks, right? Yeah. Nowadays, everything's <laughs> much more uh, transparent. You know, people are far more, um, you know, knowledgeable thanks to just the Internet and being able to share information right. so quickly now. Uh, and, and as a result of that, right, it, just the financial advising industry uh, has really kind of had to gravitate from, you know, that stock picker mentality being more of a, okay, let's talk about what is your financial goals here, yeah. right? And have a more incentive to play for, you know, compensation structure versus, hey, I sell you this, I make my money, and I go on my merry way. A little more of a human touch these right? days. Yeah. People need that right now. They want to talk yeah. to a human yeah. um, and get the personalized touch. So I think that's a differentiator. What could be a good <clears throat> option, too, for companies that don't have a a retirement plan available for employees is just like bring somebody like a Creighton into your office and let people meet him, um, you know, and then they can decide whether or not they want to do some kind of comprehensive planning with you and you can you can help individuals. So even right. if you don't have a big company plan and yeah. you don't have enough people to be on an investment team and do great education and make a big commitment, um, there have are other options. It's like, yeah. hey, just have resources, know a guy um, and you could just like go in over a lunch hour or something and just talk to people and tell them how you do. Right. And I it's mean, all, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, it's just a, an initial consultation. Yeah. yeah. You know, essentially. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's up to that in, in, individual employee, what they want to, you know, do at that stage. And, you know, we've formed several relationships like that, you know, over the years. Um, you know, it's, nice too about how we you know operate being a franchise is while we are under the ameriprise you know umbrella you know we do have a lot of autonomy excuse me and i think you've Mm -hmm. picked up on that just in the four or five months you were there uh in in good and bad ways right um you know (laughs) the tight little team yeah yes but with respects to uh hr planning there was there was some there was some to be desired there uh from the corporate side so you know that's why we brought brought y'all in but um but no, I mean, that's a good point, though, Lisa, about, you know, bringing myself in or something, someone else like that to, you know, to assist their team so that, <clears throat> you know, you're not spending time. The employer is not spending time trying to figure out what's the best retirement plan for their team. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let somebody else yeah, let somebody do yeah. that because you're better off f- focusing on your business, right? Right. Making that Absolutely. Not trying to be that. I think it goes back to, like, your original <clears throat> question of, like, what could companies do more of to show that they care about employees retirement and their life after the company and some of it is like we know that we work with businesses of all sizes and we know that it's not realistic for all of them to be able to contribute to a 401k plan in the same way we understand that but it is what are the other things you could do by just having a resource having someone come in one day a year go through some people, you know, there, there's lots of other options that companies can take if they're not able to just invest financially. In yeah, they employee. can invest in their folks by introducing them to a resource, especially mm-hmm. Gen Zers that have no idea right. and probably <clears throat> don't have a buddy like this. Um, you can have a new buddy. That's um, right. Well, I mean, I, and I think about like with Novant, right, with, with, you know, when they were going through the merger, New mm-hmm. Hanover, Novant, mm-hmm. with the pension plan that they had, right, and you know, if you qualified for it. I mean, yes, they offered resources, um, but the reality is that there are many folks who work there who 
you know, did not know what they were looking at, right? And it wasn't because they did not want to not know, right? They very yeah. much wanted to, you know, you know, their monies they had worked for. They wanted to, you know, for it to be in the proper place, but these are healthcare professionals, right? They're not, you know, financial advisors. They're not tax advisors, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Know. Like anytime if your <clears throat> company is going through an acquisition or you're buying another company or um, you're an employee that's, yeah, you're, you've got a Novon or like a PPD or um, you can get your own advocate. You don't have to use only the resources available through your company that's going through the merger or the acquisition. Like you can go find somebody who's going to look at your personal situation and give you the best advice to make the most money for your retirement. Um, I want to use the last few minutes. I don't know if you've ever watched an episode of HR Nightmares, but we always take a write-in. And like okay. we, we have people write in and try to get free HR advice. And so we try to do okay. our best solutioning. You can just chime fly. in. We'll answer the question. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to like we're going to we're going to read the question. and We're going to make you answer it. Right on the spot. So, yeah. Right yeah we're going to see how much you learn from Amy. How much Amy. did you learn from your HR consultant? <laughs> so, OK, this is actually like kind of a this timely a question this to come big, in. Yeah. yeah, because you are in a family business. Yes. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, you're trans. You're transitioning kind of the leadership roles from your father-in-law, who you've known for how many years? Like since you were basically a baby. Uh, since well, we started dating when I was fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, a long like time. Half your <laughs> life. Yes. More half than your half life. your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. So you're in a family business. You're taking over some of the leadership duties. So you kind of understand. There's like there's probably some nepotism things that go on. You guys have to manage perceptions and everything like that. So we had a write-in actually. Uh, from an employee's perspective, and they asked, um, what is there to do in a local business, I'm assuming it's a small business, when the person who handles HR, in quotes, um, is related to the CEO? It's practically impossible to expect any kind of confidentiality about issues related to management or any kind of grievance with leadership. So that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Creighton does deal with it. He just took over as managing partner of Carolina Capital Advisors. Steve, his father-in-law, is still on board as a financial advisor. And then also your brother-in-law works for that's the company, right. too. So there's like three out of oh, really? seven yeah. employees yeah. or three <laughs> out of six employees are family yeah. members. Um, you don't have an HR person per se. You know who to call. For a while. That's right. Yeah. You know who to but, call uh, when you get in trubs. But but it is but it is really relevant and it's hard because I would say if it's a family business and it's a small business, I don't know that there is that much you can do. I would ask why are why are you concerned that what grievances you might have why wouldn't you want the CEO to know? So does it matter? Why does that have to be confidential, right? And I think that this is where employees need to shift their mind. It's like, if you want us to address concerns and address things, we have to be transparent about what those concerns are, and we have to know. So... Yeah, I can't what? do anything as the owner of a small business if you don't tell me what's up and like right, what's really bothering right. you. And if Even I'm if not you're approachable about me, yeah, employees have to have enough courage Find a way. to approach that in a way that they feel good about it, in a way that they can be confident about it, but also state what their concerns are and be honest because nothing's going to get fixed otherwise. And if you're not willing to do that, then it may be time for you to reconsider if that's the place that you can continue working. Right. More than likely, you join this team knowing that you were working for a family business or there are people like on the leadership team or 
whoever's handling HR. I don't know if they're like an administrative assistant or an office manager or something, but like you knew you were going to go work for a family business Wrong. probably. And at the end of the day, family businesses are a lot different than, yeah, corporations. Well, I also think it's funny because I'm like, I mean, I don't know that, you know, we don't know. We never know the whole story here yeah. when we get these questions, but sometimes I'm like, know more. you know, sometimes it's the family they know the family member the best, right? So sometimes you'd be surprised what the feedback or what, you know, how they might receive it is. It's Chances are they already know that there's a problem, right? Now how it gets handled, that becomes a separate issue sometimes. But a lot of times I'm like, I think they probably know if your CEO is a problem and the HR manager is like, you know, their sister, I'm sure they're like, yeah. He is difficult to work with. Well, so we actually, so as a as Leith HR Group, the HR consulting firm works with many husband and wife owned teams, small teams. Um, I mean, we're kind of one now too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> shocker. What a shocker. Andy's the president now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you got to sometimes, you have to either have a great relationship and just face the music <clears throat> that these, these are husband and wives that are running the business and just provide feedback or find another place to work that is more corporate in nature and has an HR department if you have grievances you don't feel comfortable talking to them about or call somebody like Leith HR Group and yeah. get on you know basically a retainer and be able to pick up the phone and call somebody yeah. like Amy somebody like Beth um, and ask questions or even like we provide hotline opportunities we'll set up a you know anonymous hotline it doesn't matter if you're small medium big business um, and we'll handle the investigations and providing mm -hmm. feedback to the people who need to get it that's what we do um, don't try to handle it internally if you're an owner and you're considering, hmm, that could look, the perception could be a little hard for people to come forward and, like, be transparent with their feedback to us. Um, call us. Well, that was one of the benefits, you know, of, of having y'all and, and Amy service uh, for the last, you know, four or five months was, you know, yes, being a, a small family business, <clears throat> but obviously having employees who are not family members, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, issues are going to come up and sometimes they just uh, are more open with others who are not affiliated with the, you know, with, with the group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, with y'all's background, that's obviously what you're, yeah. you know, what you're there for, you know, is to be that sounding board and, and, and to help in that capacity. <clears throat> and I found it certainly very beneficial, you know, uh, you know, during the time with y'all, along with, you know, the, the communication training that we went through. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing as well, right, is that, you know, I think people just, uh, perhaps maybe in this situation, lose sight of the, the various personality styles out there. I mean, they may they may have that person, you know, scoped out, but they really understand how that person, you know, communicates and how they communicate. And what does that really, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mean, mean for what is either a healthy or unhealthy environment right. at work? And, and yeah. sometimes you just got to say bye-bye if this is not a right. good environment. I mean, go. there's a lot of jobs out there. Yeah, yeah. So. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think the team was really open to it, and I think we got feedback from – a lot of places but also I think that your team and what I see is that there are family-run businesses where the managing partner was open and receptive to feedback yeah. and handles that feedback and does address concerns and does address issues um, they're gonna keep employees correct right. and, and that happened you know in Creighton's business and I saw it happen um, many many times so that's why you know Obviously, we don't know the history of this, mm -hmm. you know, listener write in, but, you know, you got to at least try to give that feedback and see if they're going to do something about it or take those concerns seriously and give them the opportunity first, I think. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom to avoid HR nightmares related to financial planning? 
uh, find a trusted financial advisor is what I would say. And How I, do people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. You can find me online. If you just search Creighton Hayworth, uh, Miraprice Financial. Spell your first name. Uh, let's see. This it's is long, so, 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 so get, your, uh, get your pen and paper out. C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. Yes, Hayworth. Yeah. And they find you on LinkedIn. They link, LinkedIn, um, Facebook. Um, so there there are various ways. But uh, located on Market Street up in uh, Porter's Neck. Yeah. Carolina Capital Advisors under the Ameriprise umbrella, yep. Creighton Hayworth. Um, reach out. Reach out whether you're a company, you're a small business, mid-sized business, big business, or you're an individual. Um, again, there's no minimum to get some comprehensive planning services with Creighton and his team. Um, find us, Leith HR Group, yeah. uh, on all the social platforms. Gabby Plumet is trying to make us TikTok famous right now. So <laughs> you can find us on TikTok. I better, I better log into that sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Leith HR Group. We also have our very own Leith HR technology called WorkTalk. It's mobile check-ins, super easy to use, very affordable. If you're a small team trying to get more two-way feedback going on between employees and supervisors, definitely check WorkTalk out, worktalk.com. Um, what else? That's it. Check out YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe, hit that bell so you're notified every time new episodes drop. And then you can find this podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. Yeah. Hit like, subscribe, and um, also the uh, reviews are helpful for us. So if you want to leave a five-star review, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, only the five-stars one, though. We're not interested in anything else. Thanks for tuning in to HR Nightmares. Creighton Hayworth, thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you. We love Carolina Capital Advisors. On. Yeah. Okay, have a great day.